Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. I hadn't given consideration to what it would mean to miss games, I wouldn't be doing my job. Obviously, I pay attention to that. I, I, I see missing games as a disastrous outcome for, the, for this industry, and we're committed to making an agreement in an effort to avoid that. Well, that's what we're all hoping for. Yeah! Not a whole lot of optimism. Evan Drellich, the bringer of doom, once again, <laughs> over on Twitter. Get ready, T-Bone. Hope you got your cup on. He reports again. He's from the athletic MLB today indicated a willingness to miss a month of games and took a more threatening tone than yesterday. According to those that were briefed on today's meeting between MLB and MLBPA. It ain't good, ladies and gentlemen, and it's not getting a whole lot better. And we hope that we have baseball in the not too distant future. But we always enjoy being able to talk to Jim Duquette, the former Major League Baseball general manager, now baseball analyst for MLB Network Radio. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Jim, we apologize for having to come up, come back with such a somber tone. But how are you doing today, man? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm doing fine, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, Could could be better. Could be better. Uh, Baseball is is basically religion here in St. Louis, as you know. And it it looks like we're not going to be able to go to service anymore time in the near future uh, what what have you made of what we've seen over the last few days in these negotiations or maybe even lack thereof from players and the owners yeah. well i i think um i understand the the negativity i've got it i've gone down that road a lot myself and tried to have <laughs> it to talk about this every single day uh, but i you know i think that um it, the thing that bothered me the most Oh, uh, you know, you were, you were playing commissioner Manfred and, you know, he, you know, he talked about, you know, just going back to when he announced the lockout that this is going to, you know, uh, expedite the negotiations. And they waited 43 days before they had their first negotiation. And it really was on the owners to make Can you a, imagine if you they know, didn't impose that lockout though, Jim, it might've taken 60. I know. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, we right. We still wouldn't have talked. Right. I mean, I think that that's the thing. Like, like so, you know, it's one, you know, we always, I always do, you know, look at words versus actions, right? And, and you know, the words are one thing, and, and it was such a bunch of, it was just a line of baloney. So, so and, and I think that, thankfully, this week, they've had, you know, seven straight days. It equaled the same number of days that they had negotiated on those topics from, like, December 1 until, uh, you know, February, whatever, 14th or 15th. So, I'm hopeful, I was hopeful there. And any of these things, I always felt, and I, you know, just knowing how these negotiations go, it's always last minute, the conversations that actually pick up. So 
I've been trying to be measured to some degree on, on that, on this roller coaster that we've been on. And then he- hearing what you had just said about Evan Drellich, I mean, you know, it's obviously going to take on a more of a, of a tone like that. And it was, listen, Saturday's conversations were really negative yesterday. The calmer heads were prevailing and it was a lot more. So, so I feel like this is kind of a natural progression. Having said all that, we, we have a long way to go before we can get a deal done. And I'm really, you know, I think like most people are skeptical that we can get there. Yeah, Jim. And I was trying to be optimistic for the longest time because at the beginning of this, I, I felt like, look, you just got to get into a room and the conversations will take up from there. And, you know, there were moments yeah. where it felt like it was progressing. But I mean, these last couple of days, it really feels like it took a negative spin. And then, of course, what BK mentioned on the return of basically the players feeling like they're they're being threatened now from the owners like where does this go from here because i would imagine the players are going to be feeling like they're being bullied and that's just going to tick them off even more to where they're not even going to want to go back to the negotiating table it it never those never go well those type of conversations and the owners should know better than that honestly i think i feel like they're the they're the ones that should be the reasonable grown-up ones they're the ones that are the the employer uh in this situation it seems on occasion the employees are the ones that have had to show you know, restraint to some degree, um, you know, in this. So I think that's the one thing that concerns me. I, you know, I will, let me go back to yesterday for a second, because, I, you know, the words that we were getting out of there, which made me a little hopeful, when you start talking, you know, they didn't have any significant progress on any of the fronts. But what you were hearing was, and this happens a lot, at least in these type of negotiations, uh, as I've seen over over the years, you start talking about parameters. Like, okay, they were in a room. Like, listen, we, if we went to this part on the collective bargaining tax threshold, as an example, would you be willing to go to here on the on the minimum salary? They started talking like that. Hey, if X, what would you do for Y? That to me is a little more encouraging. Reading the tea leaves than you normally hear. And, and to, so, for me, I was expecting, and still am, a big jump from both sides. Uh, later today. Now, again, that's maybe wishful thinking, but um, I'm I'm still thinking that hey, whatever the deadline is, they say it's been midnight. Who knows? They can call these negotiations <laughs> up by at six o'clock, right? I mean, you know, if they're not making progress. But I, I do think that those last offers from the player side usually don't take place till the last thirty or so minutes of the of the actual negotiation. And the tone matters. I know Commissioner Manfred didn't think it does. The relationship didn't matter. It matters. It really does. And and the, the players have been mad since they went through the pandemic and only you know dictated to them sixty percent of the season. Jim, I I appreciate all of the optimism that you have brought to this conversation. I, I am curious though, <laughs> yes. if things go poorly today uh-huh. and, and we don't get an agreement and we're, we're frankly in basically the same spot that we were over the weekend where both sides are like you know what this, we're just we're not getting close right. what happens next that that's my biggest concern is like do, do they leave jupiter do do the two sides yeah. then say okay hey let's take a couple of weeks to be able to refresh this stay away from one another mm-hmm. maybe the heart grows fonder with some sort of absence from each other <laughs> what happens after this deadline ends up going coming and going yeah, that, that's the thing that I am most concerned about is, is um, you know, the play, the owners. I'm not surprised, by the way, just knowing what I do about front offices and the revenue that comes in to teams. It's a lot less in April. Outside of opening day, you guys see this too. Uh, you know, most of the time, the April, April weather isn't the greatest. You're not playing as many games. 
Um, you know, school's still in session. So you don't, you're not getting your big crowds there. Um, they're, you know, the owner's still getting, you know, a good portion of their revenues. Um, so there's not as much importance on the ownership side for, to, to you know, it, looking at this kind of uh, from playing games or not. I'm not surprised to hear the owners would say that, you know, do they want to miss games? I don't, I really don't think they do, but I think there's more uh, sense of urgency on the players because they, they get paid evenly over the season. So they would be missing, you know, that, that proportionate amount of, of salary. So, but so, so moving forward, I would hope that they would, you know, make enough progress that they would continue the dialogue the rest of this week. If they were to depart Jupiter, uh, that would be a real bad sign that we would be looking at, you know, what we're talking about here, mid April, end of April, um, you know, and trying to regroup. And I, I'm just, I'm hopeful that that's not the case, but it's certainly looking like that right now. All right. So Jim, I'm going to try and get back on the optimistic side of things because baseball is going to be back at some point. We know it's going to be back. So when it gets back, I think everyone here in St. Louis thinks that this team is going to be competitive. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Where are you at on that with this Cardinals roster? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm there too. We we go through and and because we've had plenty of time to to fill, we've been ranking where the Cardinals are, you know, in the, in the, in the sport, I have them, you know, right there close to that top 10, top 12 in the game. That's just with the moves that they've done so far. Um, And I, you know, for me, uh, you know, there are some uncertainties with the pitching as you guys are aware, but, but I, the one thing I don't ever worry about with the Cardinals is their pitching. You know, they seem to find ways to, you know, guys from, from within uh, they piece it together with their bullpen in occasion last year, even with you know how bad the pen was at least throwing strikes in the first half, all of a sudden, like overnight, they figured it things out and it was a pretty darn good pen the rest of the way. So I, you know, I, I don't worry about it. I always worry about their offense. I mean, their offense was bottom third last year, right? Uh, I think it's a little too right-handed. It's not. There's not a lot of, uh, in my opinion, not a not lot of uh, uh, depth there, right? We've seen that. I'd love to see them spend a little money at the shortstop position, more, you know, try to upgrade there. I don't think they're going to. So, you know, I think that that's where I look at the at the club. It's uh, you know, the defense is there. Uh, the offense will probably be similar to what it was last year. I think the pitching has a chance to be even better with Hicks coming back and Hudson coming back, and hopefully Flaherty for a full season. We're talking to Jim Duquette for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jim, what do you find most interesting about, like, maybe it's a player as to where he's going to end up going or a position group and how they are going yeah. to be affected by this lockout? What, what is most interesting to you once we do get things open back up again? Yeah, I, I think that uh, what I've been what I'm really watching and will be watching it closely is uh, this group of free agents. And, and I'll, I'll even go to the step of some of these teams that want to make trades. Right? Just knowing from being in the front office when I, when I was and, and watching how actions kind of take place, I think there'll be a mad rush for free agents. I don't think they're going to get anywhere near the money that they were hoping to get prior to this. I think we've also seen when you try to stretch negotiations out for the regular season, any player that that tries to do that um, and thinks they're going to get their money during the court by stretching into opening day or beyond opening day, it doesn't really work. Teams, teams aren't going to do that. So, so what's going to be the impact on these players? I think you're going to see a ton of one-year deals, even for some of the good players, right? Chris Bryant, I think is going to have some issues. Conforto, Castellanos, Correa, I'm not quite sure on, but Correa may be impacted too. Like, you know, story, like all those guys. So I think if you have flexibility with your payroll, 
uh, you might be able to sign some uh, one or two really good players for a one-year deal without that long commitment. So that's one. Number two, I think it's hard to make trades coming out of the lockout with all these free agents still there. And you get into spring training and you're like, hey, I like my roster. Let's see what we have. That's the general feeling. I, I don't want to give up this prospect or make this deal right now. I want to see what I have. So I think Oakland's and Cincinnati's you know, teams that they're looking to trade players, I think they're going to have a hard time finding value um, and they're going to have to wait till the season starts or even closer to the trade deadline. Jim, we'll get you out of here on this. There's been a lot of rumors and uh, speculation that uh, the owners are are going for a 14-team playoff, and it seems like at a very minimum yep. we're going to see expanded playoffs in Major League Baseball. You've been in that chair where you're making the decisions and you're a general manager. How do you think that the expanded playoffs are going to impact the way that teams operate? Are they going to continue to operate the same way as they always have? Or do you think that this will have, have some sort of meaningful impact on, on general managers, either in a, a positive or a negative way for fans? Well, you know, a lot of that depends on the market you're in, right? So if you're in a mid-market club, I don't think you're going to react too much differently. Same thing with the small market clubs. Um, and I think that, you know, I could, I could create an argument if you're a large market or, or high revenue team, you don't have to spend as much. If, you, if you're going to have more po- uh, postseason teams, your chances are greater. So you don't have to spend as much. So I think that's why, understandably, the player side is a little leery about expanding to 14 instead of even 12. Um, but I, I do think this, th- those, those opportunities we saw it in 2020, it, 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 dries up or it freezes the trade deadline if the more teams that are involved in, in the in the uh, postseason mix so if and and that you know it, it's kind of whatever the good and the evil part of it the good news is you're going to have potentially 20 teams in the mix the bad news is that creates less trades less movement uh at the trade deadline which obviously being a forward gm that's a huge part of what i enjoy watching and, and think that you know teams while they'll be aggressive, um, there's not as many players available You know, when you have 20 teams. So I think there'll be a lot of desire to make trades, but not enough inventory to make a deal. So I think that's that's what I will bear watching, depending on how many teams we end up with. Jim, I lied to you. I've got one more quick follow-up for you on one of the things sure. that you said. Who do you think is the best – who is the best free agent remaining that you think will have to settle for a one-year deal? Boy, I, you know, I think Correa is going to get his – I think um, – I think the guy that is going to suffer the most is Trevor Story. I think he's the guy right now. He's coming off a down year. Um, he had a qualifying offer attached to him, and there's not, even though there's a couple teams that look are looking for shortstops, I think you know he's going to get squeezed a little bit. So I think of all of them, it'll be either him uh, or Bryant. I think those two guys are going to really um, see their markets uh, come down a lot. And uh, we really question whether they're going to, you know, how quickly they'll sign or not. Interesting. Those are definitely both guys that we've talked about here in St. Louis. So it's interesting you you mentioned yeah. them as possibilities. Maybe good fits there. Maybe really good fits there. Hey, Jim, we appreciate the time as always, man. We hope that next time we're talking, we're able to break down what the Cardinals look like on the field. Fingers crossed for all of us that we've got baseball soon. All the best to you, and we'll talk with you again next time. All right. You got it, guys. All right, Thanks, Jim. Absolutely. Bye. That's Jim Duquette joining us here on 101 ESPN.